This is the Revenue with Real Estate podcast, helping you understand the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate investing so that you can lead a life that you love. Are you ready to talk some real estate investing? Happy Thanksgiving to all the revenue listeners out there. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend with your family, with friends, whoever is close to you. Wishing you the best and hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. What are the things you're thankful for? I'm thankful for you, the listeners. I'm thankful for the show, the opportunity to share guest stories and share some of my own thoughts around real estate investing, personal development, financial independence, things that I'm so happy that I get to share with you and bring value to your life if you are a listener to the show. So I am thankful for you on this Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving weekend. This week on the show, I am excited to bring in a couple that has absolutely exploded in their real estate investing journey. I'm talking to Jamie and Leslie Collard, also known as the Collards, and they join me on the show to talk about their journey from zero properties to over 350 units and counting since they started investing in 2017. That's right. They've built this portfolio in a little over four and a half years now. So that's been a pretty meteoric rise for a couple from small town Ontario. If they can do it, anybody can do it. But the question is, do you want to do it? And that's really a lot of what this episode is about. And really in revenue, we talk about the real risks and rewards of investing in real estate. And as host in this show, that's really what I wanted to drive out of Leslie and Jamie. In fact, we talk not only about the positives within their real estate portfolio, but what does it really look like to build a portfolio of that size and what's involved and how much time it takes and the energy and effort that needs to be put forth. So yes, the headline can sound cool. And I mentioned that in the show with them, but it pays to know what it's going to take to get there. That's not to say don't do it. You just got to know heading into that what's going to be required. And the Collards are proof of putting in the work. So who are they? Jamie and Leslie Collard are a husband and wife team who have spent the last few years building financial freedom through real estate acquisitions. In 2016 is when they decided it was time to take control of their future and began creating the life they dreamed of after realizing their financial future was in jeopardy. So what did they do to fix that? Well, they decided to delve into the real estate world. They soaked up all the knowledge there is to know about acquisitions, private lending, investing through registered funds like RSPs, TFSAs, and so on. And then they started. They took action. They started investing in 2017, and in only two short and very busy years, they had developed a portfolio of over 50 rental units, which, as I mentioned earlier, has grown to its current size of over 350 units and counting. Throughout their journey, they become passionate about sharing with others how they've used real estate to build wealth. As true believers that everyone can achieve the same success that they have, they decided they wanted to show people how they did it. So they've hosted events, offered coaching programs, and appeared on plenty of shows just like this. In our conversation with Jamie and Leslie Collard, we dive into their real estate investing origin story, where they've invested in building a portfolio now with over 350 units. They've invested in multiple markets. Find out where. Find out what strategies they've used in these different markets in order to maximize returns. We talk about why they got started in real estate investing. If you listen to the show a lot, you know that's one of my favorite questions to ask people. And then we get into the nuts and bolts. What does it really look like 
to build a 350-unit portfolio in four and a half years? What's the price to be paid? And is this for everyone? The importance of building your team and vetting quality team members in order to scale with speed. Becoming aware of what you need to see and have in order to push forward through obstacles and discomfort. Moving at such a pace is certainly not something that comes comfortably. And so how do they push through those obstacles? You'll find out here in the show. No doubt that in order to get to a portfolio of that size, you're going to have to use other people's money. So how do they transition and develop the confidence to bring on investors and lenders in order to grow? In order to build a portfolio this size, you got to find good deals. So Leslie shares with us specifically how long it actually takes and how much work is required to find and vet good deals. The callers also explain what it's like to manage their portfolio, all the different things they have going on, the projects they're involved in, and how they handle the stresses that come with having a lot of business activities on the go, as well as what they're doing to improve things. Lastly, we talk about the future of real estate for Jamie and Leslie, where they see themselves in the future and why they continue to want to grow. You're going to hear some things in this conversation that are going to be illuminating. You're going to have to come to grips with what's required in order to build a portfolio that size. And it's going to be good. If you want to build a portfolio that's big, it pays to know and learn from people who have done it. And Jamie and Leslie Collard are great role models in that effect. At the same time, you may listen to the show and say, hey, you know what? That's not for me. Maybe I need to do real estate a little bit differently. And that's okay. There's plenty of people who are doing real estate in a variety of ways, and they're successful based on their definition of success, and theirs alone. And that's a really important takeaway. Big thank you to Jamie and Leslie Collard for joining us on the show. If you'd like to get in touch with them or find out more about the Collards, you can find them in the following places, www.collardproperties.ca. Send them an email, info at collardproperties.ca. Spelling and all those links are in the show notes for the episode. Without further ado, from this long-winded introduction, here is Jamie and Leslie Collard, aka The Collards, on the Revenue with Real Estate podcast. Enjoy. Jamie and Leslie Collard, welcome to the Revenue with Real Estate podcast. Good to have you guys on here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. You're very welcome. We were just chatting before we started the recording about your background and I'm going to have to bring it up for listeners. This is part of your previous, a previous property that you owned and you turned it into a wall. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. So we actually, uh, our own personal home when we bought it about six years ago, um, we had to tear part of it down and rebuild it. And it ended up being the oldest structure in our small town of Burford. We didn't know that when we tore it down, but just basically reuse the floorboards from 1812 onto our bedroom wall. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> History yeah. in the making, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, for our listeners who maybe don't uh, know your guys' names, tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you're from and what you do when it comes to real estate investing. Sure. I'm, uh, I'm Leslie and this is my husband, Jamie. Um, we own uh, several real estate acquisition companies and related companies, but we uh, primary company is Color Properties. And um, we've been investing in real estate now for about four and a half years. And uh, we started with our single family and we, one thing, single family home turned into duplexes and triplexes, fourplexes. And then we worked our way yeah. up. Our first um, a commercial multifamily we bought was a 22 unit building. And uh, yeah, from then it's been all multifamily, all apartment buildings, all now. apartment buildings now. Um, 
except in the Caribbean. I shouldn't say that. In Canada, it's all apartment buildings. In the Caribbean, it's luxury rentals. But yeah, we're in a small town uh, called Burford, Ontario. It's uh, kind of between uh, Brantford and Woodstock. So it's just a little small community. Yeah. So we've now built our portfolio up. I think we have about 350 units here in Canada right now. And, and are those units all um, local to the to the market that you're in there, that, that small market, or are you in surrounding areas as well? No, we've kind of uh, spread out a little bit. Everything when we started, it was all you know within a half an hour hour of our home. Um, now we've actually moved out quite a bit. We're we're buying out in New Brunswick and Nova Scotia right now a little yeah. bit. Um, we've gone as far west as St. Thomas and Simcoe County we're up in Simcoe County yeah Yeah, Hamilton we're all over the place now (laughs) wherever the numbers make sense we're happy to go (laughs) yes yes the old uh invest where returns are best slogan that's right yeah right on right on well take me uh back to the beginning I always love asking people what got them interested in real estate investing to begin with and and why they got started so you know you start investing in real estate four and a half years ago what 2017 ish what made you want to get started in real estate then? I think one of the biggest things was that we had recently sold our personal home. And after putting in, you know, $100,000 into this home, we also made, we came out with another, what, hundred and something thousand that we had made off of it. So um, I came from a family of con- um, contractors and I, I mean, every, literally everybody in my family is um, in construction. So I always grew up in construction. I was on the job sites with my dad when I was like two years old, three years old, whatever, and um, worked, basically worked with him my, my whole life off and on. And uh, my, we lived in all kinds of homes growing up because my dad would buy a home, fix it up, sell it, and then we'd move on to the next one. Yeah. So um, I think it started when we were watching HGTV. It's always HGTV. (laughs) I think every real estate investor, it's HGTV. And uh, we were watching Scott McGillivray's um, uh, income property mostly. And uh, I kept saying to Jamie, we can do this. And he was like, we can't do this. And I'm like, we can totally do this. I think I can do this. And then uh, sure enough, Scott McGillivray was coming to the building that I worked in in Hamilton to do a presentation. And um, we decided to go and sign up for Keyspire. And since then, we've not looked back, really. I mean, it's yeah. it was definitely a life-changing moment that we almost didn't go to. We knew um, we had to do something. So I, I own an automotive repair shop. And, you know, there, I don't have a, a pension to lean back on. So we wanted to, you know, our, our goal was when we started Keyspire that we would buy one house a year for the next 10 years. <laughs> And, you know, that would set us up for retirement kind of thing mm-hmm. was the idea back then. But things quickly changed after that. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and so, Leslie, you were, you were working at a job at the time? Yeah, I was a probation officer in, uh, in Hamilton. Okay. And um, I loved my job. I loved the people that I work with. Um, I, w- I was a probation officer for youth. So um, I had the opportunity to, you know, make a difference in kids' lives sometimes, uh, but it's a training job. So it was, you know, it was one of those things where um, I had already worked in the youth justice field for 15 years. And, you know, did I, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that for another 20 years. And that's, you know, 
you have to make that decision. And, and I think that real estate was the only way that we were going to get out of that, that, uh, long-term job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. And Jamie, yeah. was it kind of the same thing for you at the, at the repair shop as well? Like, you know, you're, you're running a business. A lot of people are really actually aspire to, to do that. Was it similar for you and in, in uh, terms of uh, maybe this wasn't for you and you wanted to do something else or. I don't think so. I, I think neither one of us thought that we were going to do this full time when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie really loved her job. And, and yeah. honestly, I liked um, working in my shop. I was quite content with that. It was just, you know, we thought we needed something for retirement is what we were originally doing it for, but mm-hmm. um, the company, the real estate company quickly got quite busy and I, I ended up having to replace myself in the shop with other employees. And, and uh, Leslie ended up having to leave her job so we could manage all the real estate stuff because it was just happening so fast. Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Um, when you, when you guys go to the the workshop, right? I know the one you're talking about. And, you know, the first thing is like, hey, Jamie, we can we could totally flip a house. Yeah. That, it's one thing to say, hey, let's flip a house. It's another thing to go from that to like building a 350-unit portfolio. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a pretty significant jump as uh, – what's his name? Grant Cardone might say that. That's a bit of a – it's a bit of a 10x plan. <laughs> so yeah, how did that happen? Plan. Yeah, that's just it. it. Yeah. So why? Yeah, no. What changed? Um, So I would say Jamie and I have different personalities. Um, Jamie is more reserved and wants to take things slow. And I'm like, if anybody else can do this, I can 100% do this as well. Like, what? I'm not, I don't have fear. Jamie has fear. Um, So it was, we started with the single family home. Then we went to, it paid for our duplex in what, two or three months worth of time. And then we, we actually never did anything for a while because the bank told us no. And so it was really after our second year that we started to build this portfolio in about two and a half years to 350 doors. And for us, it was like, okay, so we can use other people's money. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. We can joint venture. Oh, well, that's easy. I can find the deals. I'm good at finding properties at work all day long. I can, I, and I like doing that. So when an opportunity came up, it was hard. It's hard for me to say no to it because <laughs> hmm. I'm like, it's an opportunity. Like, it, are we going to regret this if we don't do it? So um, the opportunities just kept coming and we just kept taking them and it has turned out um, it's been chaotic yeah, you know we've made mistakes and we've uh, learned from those mistakes, but um, you know we're currently also building up a team because we we know that we're at 350 doors now. There's no reason we can't be at 5,000. It's just that Jamie and I don't want to do we don't want to be front and center doing all the work ourselves <laughs> for 5,000 units. So now our business model has kind of changed again, where instead of us taking the lead on all these projects. Now we're hiring, you know, COOs and acquisitions managers and full-time accountants and executive assistants and, and um, teams to put behind those portfolios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of people that say, we want to do what you do. And, and we're like, good we luck. Like, you probably don't. <laughs> no. Because, you <laughs> yeah. know, back started, we were working a full-time job and then we would, you know, after a full-time was done, immediately go to a, a rental property and start renovating 
all night till you know 11 or 12 at night and then go home sleep for a few hours and go back to work the next morning and all weekend it was working on rental properties it was it wasn't easy it was tough yeah yeah Yeah. can we dive into that a little bit further because it's really easy to look from the outside and be like oh wow the the headline reads uh, a couple builds 350 unit portfolio in four and a half years and they go wow that's super exciting i want to do that too without realizing yeah what's like what's behind the curtain there what what pi- what price has to be paid yeah in order to do that because it's really like i mean all of us want to be millionaires all of us want to do great yeah. things all of us want to have a big portfolio at first before we realize hey how much effort and energy is required so just like yeah. behind the curtain, what what did that really look like for you guys? You kind of just dove into a little bit. It was, hey, work the job and then go work some more. Um, yeah, and that's what yeah. it was. It was us doing the work um, for the most part. Um, it was all day, all night, all weekend. Um, our son was, what, about 12, I think. And he was working with us every night and on the weekends unless he had hockey or whatever. Um, you know, our son was cooking for us basically, because we would get home from work, meals would be ready. We'd quickly eat and we'd all go off to a job site. So, and it was like that for a good year and a half. Um, and then we realized that it's not manageable anymore. So then the job, we still have the, we still have 16 hour days, um, 18 hour days. Sometimes the job is just different now. And we are now we're managing people to do the actual on-site work for us, but it's not, it's not one of those things where we can walk away from the company yet. Um, That's what we're working on now is trying to streamline Walk it. away from the company. Not walk away, but, but <laughs> step just back from do the what, company. Do what you want to within it. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean, right now, I think a year or two ago, we, we changed our focus to where we could, do our job from anywhere so we could yeah. you know travel to the caribbean travel wherever and we could still work remotely and still get everything done and now we're trying to make another change where we can actually step back a little more and and let the teams handle handle the work rather than us have to work you know ridiculous amount of hours yeah. in a day kind of thing sure yeah. would you say that in the beginning having to work a ridiculous amount of hours is important and yes. it has to be done. Yes. To scale the, the the way that we did, I would say yes, because it gives us an appreciation for how much work is involved on each project. And we know it, we lived it, we've we've been through it. And um it's also it it shows how much passion is also there for our team members. And if our team members don't have the same passion that we did on a job site, then they're not the right team members. So um, it's good to know just how to do everything as well. Right. Like, Oh yeah. When you're dealing with contractors, I mean, I think we, obviously I don't know as well as a a full on contractor how to do everything, but I, I do understand everything they're talking about, I would say. And, and, you know, the different processes they have to take and, it's also helped us kind of streamline things to how to get stuff done quicker. Right. Cause we've, we've worked, you know, we've worked in it and we know how to make things quicker and happen 
it's always funny to me when contractors that don't know me, um, they kind of tiptoe around the um, building codes and the materials and they don't realize that I know them all just as well as they do mm. <laughs> because we've did it. I've been in construction my whole life. Right. So yep. it, it's been, I think you have to immerse yourself in it in order to fully grow as a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe would be one of the things that gets lost sometimes when people who are getting started out, they, you know, they want to start out and just manage a team right away. They want to do the renovation, but just have never done a renovation before. And they're just like, Oh, I'm going to hire a contractor and, and they're going to take care of it. And, and just like abdicate responsibility over to the contractor yes. And then wonder why the deal doesn't turn out well. Or, That's right. And then yeah. it's like, okay, game over. I'm not doing real estate anymore because this doesn't work. Well, yeah. Yeah. you didn't and spend the time that you guys did, right? It's still tough for us because we right now we have like 50 or 60 units under renovation. Yeah, that's uh, a lot. Because we're, we're renovating full apartment buildings. So we have to rely on those people on our team. And they're stressed out as well because, well, right now you can't find contractors anywhere, even though we're hiring our own, uh, we have, we've opened up a construction company and we're, we're trying to hire as many people as we possibly can, but you know, our project managers and our, uh, business partner, who's also a, um, a contractor in that company, you know, they're, they're on site and they're trying to push as hard as they can to get these units done. And it's sometimes there's slowdowns and, if you don't know how to respectfully push contractors to get their job done or um, making sure that when they come in and do framing, that it's up to code, then that's going to set you back time and money. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's been a big thing for us is that we do know mostly code, but also our team, we know that they know the codes fully, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. they have lots of connections in the construction field. So yeah. Gotcha. Jamie, can I ask you a question around, Leslie mentioned earlier, like that, that you have uh, no fear. You'll just move forward. You want to, you know, there's an opportunity that comes and let's go after it. Where, where Jamie, you maybe had a little bit more um, reservation around moving with such speed and like, hey, let's take this slow, you know, uh, one house a yep. year for 10 years. How have you found it? I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this where, they, they don't want to push with a whole ton of speed, but they've got somebody with them who does. And that like really pushes the comfort zone. How, how did you handle that? Because it sounds to me like you're not necessarily the kind of person who would push with such pace, but here you are doing it. Um, and yeah, you, you found I a mean, way that's, to be comfortable yeah, doing it. Definitely. It's, you know, it's not easy to, to get out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and, and do something like that. But I would say the, the biggest thing for me is that I just need to see a plan. Like how Leslie's like, let's do it. And I'm like, but wait, I want to know, I need to know the steps. How are we doing this? Like where, you know, who are we hiring to do these renovations? You know, where are we finding the funds? What, like, I just need to, once I can see all the steps in place and I understand how it's going to happen, then I'm fine with it. But yeah, just to blindly say, let's do this and not, not know that, that freaks me out sometimes, mm. but I, I mean, I've adjusted a lot. I would say since then, I think your biggest thing, Jamie's Jamie always feels more comfortable when he sees the pro forma completed. Okay. So like, yeah, you know, it's a business plan essentially. And I can look at it and figure out how we're going to do this 
you know, how we're going to make profit and how much it's going to be. And, you know, a, a performa for commercial buildings is, you know, it's, it takes a little bit of time to fill out, but it is really your business plan. And, and once I can make sense of how everything's going to flow, then yeah. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. I want to, I want to go back to the spot here where you you go buy a single family, you turn it into a duplex, you turn that into the next level up, and then you start going to buy multifamily. At what point did you start using other people's money along the way here? Uh, so actually that was on our first multifamily okay. property. Or no, sorry. No. We had done it on a, a- We did joint ventures and such. Yeah. We we started joint ventures. So after we bought two rental properties, you know, we were just dealing with the local CIBC. They said, no, you can't buy anymore until you have a hundred thousand liquid cash just sitting in your bank account. Or like- And we believed them. We, we, like, we were so new. Yeah. We totally believed that. We're like, right. we're done. Like, how are we going to So wait that? a second. That's, that's not true. <laughs> no, you just need a good mortgage broker. Yeah. You, later, you needed a mortgage broker, but at that time we we're like, okay, well we can't buy any more. So let's find a way that we can. Leslie's always like, if somebody tells me no, she wants to find out there's got to be a way to do it. Mm. That's probably the most motivating thing in my whole life is when you tell me no. Because mm. I'm definitely doing it. Then. <laughs> so we decided at that point, we were like, well, we can just, do joint ventures and have, you know, yeah. money partners. So we took a course with uh, Dave DeBow about how to do joint venture partners and raise capital that way. And, you know, we bought a bunch of properties with joint venture partners. At the same time, we found out we just needed to have a new mortgage broker instead of using yeah. the bank, mm-hmm. you know, a mortgage broker that understood rental properties. And once we found that they're like, Oh yeah, we can get you probably 20 more rental properties if you want. So mm. If we and our properties that we acquire, we do use private lending um, for those, and um, we have a list of investors that we reach out to, and we love working with our investors, and it's never been a problem for us actually. So, I mean, we, every single property, I think, except our well, even our first one, we put that on a line of credit. So it's every property has been other people's money so far. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of people who hear that and they go, well, where do I find these people? How do I get this done? And, and you mentioned a guy named Dave. Um, so I've, it's funny. I, I did a podcast with Dave and it like came out last week. I was like, oh, oh cool. really? Yeah. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> um, but he came on our show too. And he talked about his, uh, you know, his, his capital raising uh, philosophy. And so you guys took that course and- yeah. Just kind of walk me through that. You, you did that. And then what happened afterwards? Did you immediately implement what you had learned? So I, think, no. I think the biggest thing that we took away from it was putting ourselves out there. Uh, we were still brand new at real estate and we were very shy and we didn't talk to anybody about it. We didn't, nobody knew, you know, maybe my parents and Leslie's parents knew, but other than that, nobody else knew that we were doing it. If I may, so sorry actually, to interrupt you. Um, yeah. what, just for context, what year is this? This would have been in 2000 and uh, the end of 2017. Yeah. 2017. Okay, cool. I just want to know where we are in the, in the timeline here. Sorry about that. So so nobody really knew what we were doing. Right. And one thing that Dave teaches you is you have to put yourself out there and, you know, nobody's going to want to lend with you if they don't know that you need money. Like you have to put it out there. Yeah. So I think once we start sharing with everybody, you know, family, um, going to the real estate meetups back then when you could do it in person, you know, doing all that sort of thing, meeting new people, telling, you know, talking about your story and such. I think that's when things really exploded and 
and took off. I mean, we started meeting other people, learning from what they were doing and, and just meeting investors, I guess, that, that had money to invest. Yeah. How I much the one thing that, that always stuck with us when we were at Keyspire, um, we were in a, a summit, which there's like 350 people there or something like that. And the person on stage said, how many in this, how many people in this room are working partners that want to do the work? And, you know, we put our hands up and about half the room, put their hands up. We looked around and then he said, okay, how many people in this room are just money partners that just want to invest their money and half the room put their hands up. And we were like, we were blown away because yeah. we thought everybody was doing the same thing we were doing mm-hmm. and in small mind. I mean, that's, that's what we thought. And we couldn't believe that half the room was money partners that wanted to invest in real estate. And I think that really stood out as a, a, a change, yeah. a change in our minds, I guess. Yeah. And I would say 50%, it's 50, 50 right now between our real estate friends. I mean, we're surrounded by literally hundreds of real estate friends now and 50% of them are, are, are active real estate investors and 50% are just, they just want to get the uh, private lending out there or their money partners. It, it really is 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um, I just wanted to follow up on that. Did you guys have any, like, like how did you um, I guess develop the confidence to go out there and start talking about it. Uh, and I, the reason why I ask is because, you know, I, I work with different people who are at the very early stages of their investing yep. careers. And even myself to a certain extent too, right? Like I'll show up to a meeting and sometimes I'm maybe not feeling as confident as I could. What yep. gave you guys the the confidence to start raising money from other people, um, whether it was private lending or equity partners for, for uh, deals? Well, I think the fact that we had already done uh, two successful deals um, made us realize that we do know what we're talking about. And even though we weren't actively buying for about a year because we were told no from the bank, um, we were still getting education. We were still involved in real estate. We were still going to meetups. We were the people in the back that didn't talk to anybody, to be honest, for a long time. And then... um, which is funny because we would see these people on stage and we're like, wow. And now they're our friends. We're like, these are just like normal everyday people. Right. Mm, Yeah. Um, And then we started to realize that we do, we do bring a lot to the table because we, we have done successful deals. We do know the construction side of things. We do have the contacts in the family that we can do the construction. Um, And as soon as we started taking Dave DeBose's program and actually getting out there and talking to people and being more comfortable, just saying, Hey, we're real estate investors. Then that's when it really kind of sparked a lot of people's interest. What do you mean you're real estate investors? And we always got the, you know, what if the market drops? And when we were presented with those kinds of challenges and had to figure out a way to overcome those by explaining we don't care if the real estate market drops, we'll just buy more properties, you know, like, well, <laughs> doing those kinds of things. And people started to really take us more seriously. Yeah. And I think getting out there at, you know, real estate meetups, real estate investors, <laughs> but they're the nicest people. Like, yeah. like they'll tell you anything you want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say of all the people we've ever met, real estate investors are, are usually the most open and will share their experience and how to do things. It's like, there's no competition. It's just, everybody's helping everybody. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing group of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because I was just, I think it was, um, 
a guy named Evan who appeared on the show about a, maybe a month or two ago. And he was talking about how just because somebody has, say, a lot of real estate doesn't mean that there's now less real estate for me. And he gave this, exactly. he yeah. gave this great example. He's like, yeah. for example, you know, I've got a portfolio with seven properties is what he says. And I live on a street where there's 20 homes. So even if I took my entire portfolio and plopped it right on this street, I don't own half of the street. Yeah. And this is one street in a city of many, many, many streets. Yeah. And I, I looked at myself and I was like, that's a good point. So even yeah. someone who owns, you know, hundreds of units, it can be very intimidating um, to see someone like that on a stage and think that they're just out of, out of your world. And they're a completely different person. Well, yeah, no. you know, then you kind of become that person and you realize, Hey, <laughs> they're just another person too. Right. Well, and I think everybody in the real estate world has the abundance mindset. And Very true. Yeah. if you don't, I, I don't know how you grow your portfolio um, because, you know, that's part of the, the whole mindset of growing a portfolio is there's tons of deals out there for everybody. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we get deals sent to us all the time that, Maybe, maybe I don't want it. Maybe it's not. It looks like it could be a good deal that fits somebody else's um, portfolio. So we pass that on to them, you know, like, um, and people reach out to us all the time that says, hey, wait, there's this, I have one right now. There's a 300 unit apartment complex that's coming up. And I think it's, there's a lot of value add. It's probably going to be a perfect fit for you guys. He's forwarding it to me. So um, everybody's just helpful and approachable. And the more that we started to talk to people that were actually successful in real estate and think, Oh my God, these are just normal everyday people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the easier it was, I think for us to grow as real estate investors, because now we had the confidence confidence as well to go to the more experienced real estate investors and just have conversations, go for dinner, have a glass of wine, whatever with them. And we, that's how we learned. And that's why we are where we're at. We still have those meetings with people. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that. Could you try? <laughs> My Apple watch just went off. Hey Siri. <laughs> nice. This is uh Oh shit. Mine's going on. <laughs> Siri is our next guest on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, Leslie, you were talking about uh, finding deals. And how you said earlier that you can, you know, you love doing that. You can find deals all day. Can you tell people about, and maybe this isn't the case for you, but can you tell people about how much effort is required to actually find a deal that is worth purchasing? And I want to shadow the context for that question with, um, I think a lot of people underestimate how long or how much work it will actually take to find and vet a good deal. Is that true in your experience or no? It's very true. So um, when I was sitting at my job as a probation officer, I was also looking at my cell phone um, 20 times a day, my email, waiting for all those realtor.ca to come in and see what was out there for, you know, because we were on a whole bunch of different searches for duplexes, triplexes, whatever. And Um, basically what it came down to for us was I would probably, we would probably see, you know, at that time it was four years ago or five years ago. So it was a little bit easier, but we would, there'd probably be 50 
you know, that would come through in, in a week or two and um, maybe one was worth going to see, even though a lot of them weren't worth going to see, we still went to see some because we wanted to get familiar and just walking through as many properties, I think, as we walked through that we didn't have offers on was probably one of the best ways that we spent our time in the beginning, because as we started to go through those properties, we would say, okay, now we know that we don't want this in a property, or now we we should be looking at properties that have this value add kind of strategy. Um, I would say for each property that we actually purchased, I probably put in a hundred hours of searching mm-hmm. for a property. And that's not, that's no exaggeration at all. Uh, I and think, now it's more. Yeah. I was going to say, I think at the start it was, we were expecting to, we, you know, we went to realtors and say, this is what we want. We expect them to bring it to us. And I think a lot of new people expect that, that, uh, you know, even if you get a really good real estate investing more or a broker that, you know, real estate agent, that's going to, they're going to bring these deals to you. And it, no, they're not going to, No, you got to find them. You got to work for it. I mean, they might show you deals, but you have to do the work and, you know, vet them and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. It doesn't just fall in your lap. Mm-hmm. No. And, and, um, and now I would say I probably look at deals like unit wise. I probably look at somewhere around, I'm going to say 20,000 units. Um, and before we, we look, we find a property that we like and we want to dive into a little bit further and, our deals now, when we vet them, it takes a lot longer. Um, <clears throat> it's not as simple as, oh, it's valued at this. And if we put in, you know, 40,000, it's going to be valued at this. It's doing the performance, um, you know, doing due diligence on the area. And there's there's just a lot more involved. But um, we haven't bought a property in, in, a, while, in a while. A month. <laughs> That's a while for us. A while. <laughs> no, no, no. We closed on a property this month, but we haven't actually put an offer in in a long time. A few months? Because there's not, like, especially in Southwestern Ontario, there's, the deals just aren't, aren't coming. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Not the deals that we want anyways. I mean, everybody has a different investing strategy, yep. right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the value add stuff that we're looking at, yeah, they're just... There They're not great. Yeah. Right gotcha. And is that forcing you to explore other markets at this point within your business as a result? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've diversified pretty well now, I think, because so we're, we have our portfolio here in Ontario, uh, which is the, the um, Burr strategy, basically on apartment buildings. We're doing some, we're flipping some buildings as well, just to, for the, the capital buildup. Um, we're also, we have a, um, 190 unit land development, um, high rise that we're, uh, we're going to be working on here over the next year to get that started in Waterloo. We've got our portfolio now in Nova Scotia portfolio in New Brunswick. And then, um, just for our own lifestyle, we, we are building our portfolio actually in Curacao in the Caribbean. So, um, each location that we're in though, it, is a different strategy to be honest. So Ontario has predominantly been burrs and flips of multifamily. Um, 
out in the East Coast, you know, there's there's some burr strategy out there, but a lot of it is just um, getting the lift in rents because you can do more than the, you know, 1.2% a year or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have empty units to increase rent increase yeah. rent a whole you know we need. still provide value add you know we add in air conditioning and we we give them something to um account for the increase in in rents but that's the strategy out there and then in the caribbean we it's luxury vacation rentals and we are we're actually closing on a property um that we're building three resorts and about a thousand luxury homes on um, waterfront in in Curacao, so that's a completely different strategy than we would ever consider here right now. So, mm-hmm. well, okay. So there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of uh, things that you guys are doing within real estate. And so when you yeah. were when you were talking kind of off the top about you know bringing different people in, hiring people, and having them take on different roles, um, yeah. How do you guys manage having so many different things on the go at once? That that's maybe this, let me park that question actually for a second. Did you guys follow the set something up, make sure it's running and operational and actually creating an income for us and working and then go set up the next thing? Or did you guys try and do five different things at once? Yeah. That's Leslie. Yeah. So yeah, I don't have fear. So um, we've, we are now putting everything into place that we should have done a year ago. And um, again, live and learn, you know, we've made our mistakes. We're, we're fixing them. Um, It's not to say it's not been profitable. It's just that it's been time consuming. It's been too time consuming for Jamie and I to um, maintain everything ourselves. And we should have stepped back sooner than we have. So um, the, you know, the projects are still running, moving forward. We had COVID, which did cause a whole bunch of delays, actually, and all mm-hmm. getting supplies and getting con- contractors and yep. all that stuff. But um, now we know that any company has to be built in a timely manner. So when we start to get overwhelmed with one task, that keeps coming up over and over and over again, we are going to find somebody who will do that task for us. So for instance, we are in the middle of refinancing, like there's going to be what, 20 buildings or something this year. So I don't want to deal with mortgage brokers 16 hours a day. And that's basically what our job has come down to. So now we're hiring acquisitions managers and that's going to be part of their job. And to us, that's a good value add to the company as well, because they can also be out there searching for, for new properties. Um, other things that we've, we did not do is Jamie and I were, we've been running the company ourselves. So everything's our decision. Everything has been, you know, we've got, we get, especially me, I get 40 phone calls a day from people in the company. So we said, okay, this is too much time for us. So we've hired a, a COO. And um, he's going to be dealing with the operational stuff so that we can actually step back from that. Um, You know, and then again, we're in Curacao and we have this huge land development project that we're going to be working on. So we're going to be hiring people to, to do that for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's gotta be a balance at some point and, you know, 
and if you don't hire the people, you're not going to move ahead as fast as, yeah. as you want to. Yeah. Cause right now I'm not buying anything right now because we are, we're now focused on training for the next two months. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. Yeah. Do you guys find um, yourselves stressed from all the things that are going on or do you yeah. really, cause mm-hmm. I, I mean, I ask just because I, I know a lot of people who do a lot of you know business stuff. They're like, Oh yeah, this is, there are things I don't like about this, but the majority of this I actually really like. And so it doesn't feel like work. I'm wondering if you guys are at that stage yet or if you're still working it out with, you know, starting to do some hiring, some training, bringing other people on board so that you can scale it more successfully and uh, um, get back to maybe doing more of what you want to do. Would that be fair yeah, to say? Yeah, I think the last few months has been super stressful just because of everything that's been going on in multiple countries and multiple teams through like just Canada alone. Um, so it was a bit of a, a wake up call for us that we needed to just stop doing it the way that we're doing it and dive deeper into um, setting the company structure up better. So, you know, mine and Jamie's goal is that we only work one to three hours a day on the company. Other than that, we just want to be able to enjoy a life, travel. Um, we, we've set ourselves up for being able to do that within the next 12 months. And if we didn't have this stressful time in the last three months, I don't think we would, we wouldn't be there in the next, we wouldn't be setting ourselves up right now. Mm-hmm. We would still be just be swimming. <laughs> it's basically. A bit, it's yeah. a positive stress in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys have somebody who has been helping you get structures in place? Like, do you, do you have someone who is a, uh, a business mentor of yours or a coach that you work yeah. with or a group that you're a part of? And and how has that helped you identify things that you need to improve on? So, yeah, I was, was going to say, we, you know, even from after Keyspire, I mean, we we're still members of Keyspire, but yeah, I love we, Keyspire. We've always um, had a coach. So we went to Dave DeBow after that. Um, and then, you know, we've took other courses, weekend courses on how to do things. And you know, when we went to buy multifamily, we're like, we don't know how to do that. So we're going to hire a coach. And we found somebody out uh, in Edmonton that does coaching for multifamily. Um, so we, we, we had him weekly for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Just one-on-one with him to learn how to do that. Um, we've, we've changed again, right. We want to do land development now. So we, we've hired another coach that, you know, helps us do land development. So we're always trying to educate ourselves. And I mean, we've spent tons and tons of money on we've spent about 200,000 on on our education education in the last few years and every single penny of it has been worth it every penny Mm -hmm. so people think that we're crazy especially non-real estate people I should say think that we're crazy for it and when we tell people they're like you've done what and I'm like I'll do it again Mm. (laughs) it's it's the best thing um so even our education right now um it's things like uh, with the land development side of things, yes, we have a coach, but we also have a planner who educates us on everything. Like, you know, he's done this time and again in Waterloo. We also have architects who have done tons of high rises in um, the Waterloo area or wherever in Ontario. So we're also getting our education from, from there and we're getting mentoring from them. 
And that is part of when we interview people um, who we're going to hire, we are very upfront with them and say, we've never done this before and we want you to teach us. And it's the people that say, yeah, I'd love to teach you that we work with and it works. Mm -hmm. I'm writing this down. We've never done this before and we want you to teach us. Don't pretend that you know everything. Because if you do, you're not going to get the learning opportunities that you you would. So with us being up front saying, we've never done this before, then, and we need you to teach us, then when we send an email to say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Then they're going to actually reply and give me an answer on it. Otherwise, it looks like we're just being annoying and needy. Mm. <laughs> we email them things, right? So yeah, gotcha. it works. I love that. I love that. I'm I'm definitely using that line in the future. That yeah. kind of that kind of ties into uh, another question. I know for listeners who are maybe listening to this, they're like, "Wow, you guys are really jumping all over the place." And yeah, sorry. no, no, no. <laughs> I don't mean you. I mean me. That's my yeah. job as a host to carve this conversation. But trust me, I I'm doing it for a reason. Um, but with this with this part, you know, we we've never done this before, and we want you to teach us. I want to tie this into building a team. Because you guys haven't been able to do what you do without building teams. And now even in this current stage that you're at, you're like looking to build an even bigger team and, um, you know, more supports to get everything done that you need to to get done. So that's a great line. I'm sure there's, there's one, uh, there's plenty of things that you guys do to build your teams. Can you dive a little bit further into that? Like, how do you go about finding someone to be a part of what you're doing, um, attracting them to be a part of your business, um, communicating with them. What, how does the process look like for you guys? So, um, we, we've just hired a COO, for example, and, um, the interview process with him, we had a few interviews with him. Um, but what we're really looking for when we're adding to our team is experience and expertise, obviously, But the biggest thing with our team is um, transparency, honesty. Uh, We we have an office culture where, you know, we want everybody to get along, help one another. Um, So our COO has actually never done real estate before. He's well, actually, he owned a duplex, right? (laughs) He owned a few like doors or whatever, but he's actually coming from a tech company. But he has so many transferable skills. And for us, the biggest thing was, are you business-minded? Do you understand that it's a team approach to everything that we do in the company? So the property management company works with the construction company, works with the real estate acquisitions company. Everybody's working together. Um, If they can identify that they need to be um, okay with working with all of those people and they can talk to us about, um, you know, some of the operational stuff that they have, would like to see put into practice in a company that's growing. If they seem like they're a good fit, we give them a try. I mean, it doesn't have to be somebody that has done real estate in the past it, at all, at all. Yeah. I think our, our biggest thing we always tell people when they come in is if you see something that you think you can streamline by doing X, Y, and Z, tell us let us know we, we want to know like we want to simplify everything streamline it make it efficient right so we're very open to to change that way 
you know, how to, you know, if they know some way better, let's do it. Yeah. And actually that was part of our um, interview process was how comfortable are you going to be coming in and shaking the company up? And people were kind of, uh, they're, they're usually taken back by that. And they, you know, they don't realize that we actually do want people to come into the company and say, don't do it this way anymore. Do it this way. It's better. And that's the kind of people that we want on the team. We want people that have a voice. Mm. I love that. I love shaking trees. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the one thing I always lead back to was when we started our property uh, with a property manager that we met through Keyspire, um, you know, when we got a new property back, I'm talking two or three years ago, smaller properties, we would go get keys cut for everybody and here, you know, give keys to the painter, keys to the contractors, keys to everybody. And then drive around when they were like, I forgot my key. Can you bring me a key? And then we hired our property manager and he goes, do you want me to just put a lockbox there with a key in it? And we're like, (laughs) (laughs) why were we doing this? But you know, sometimes there's, you just get stuck in your ways. You just get stuck. You know, you can't see the trees for the forest. And I mean, there was a very simple solution to that. And I don't know how we, we ever miss that, but other people can bring those solutions to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Were you guys able to, I'm, I'm hesitant to ask the question, but are you able to share what a day-to-day looks like for you? Yeah. It's crazy. Because is it, yeah. And, and I want you to share that. And I think that's part yeah. of the reason why I've been meandering around in this conversation is I want people to get a clear understanding of what it kind of looks like to be running and growing at a really high pace, a real estate investing business where you're acquiring properties, you've got property management, there's a construction element. I want people to hear this conversation and go, okay, either I'm really excited by this or I want them to get out of their head this idea that they need to have a really big portfolio because that's not to to make that person wrong. If they don't want to do it, cool. I I just want them to know what's involved if they're going to be active partners, like, like you guys are. So that's where the context of all this weaving around has been. I want people to really understand that. So I thank you guys for sharing all that with us. So I would say right now, like. Life is ludicrous right now. Crazy. <laughs> we, we don't spend much time at all, like in properties anymore. Like. No, I have properties that I haven't been to in six months because we don't, we don't have the time to do it. I've seen pictures and I've seen video walkthroughs and they are, I live like less than an hour from these properties, but I just don't have time to go. Um, but we, you know, when we, as soon as I wake up in the morning, it's emails, it's, it's emails because if I, I get 500 emails a day, at least that I have to go through. And People say, well, how do you do that? Well, it's time management, you know, like it's a lot of delegating things off. Um, but the probably the emails is the biggest stress right now is just trying to manage all of the emails that are coming in, which is we just hired an executive assistant who's going to be responsible for that. Um, but it's a lot of mortgage brokers, honestly, just, you know, having uh, spreadsheets and performas and your taxes sent off and your asset summary updated. Well, our asset summary is, you know, we have 350 units or whatever it is. And we have to have that document updated to the date 
um, you know, multiple times a month. And to do that takes us three or four hours each time. Um, you know, just the day-to-day working with partners to find out how different properties are going, dealing with private lending, that's another big one. Um, making sure that, you know, all of our investors are always taken care of. Um, just answering questions from team members. What, what Contractors, do project here? managers, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of, we almost say it's like putting out fires. <laughs> putting out <laughs> fires everywhere all day long. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, And, you know, suppliers, right? You know, my, I I always laugh. The big joke right now is that uh, I talk to my supplier at home hardware more than I talk to my husband, but it's (laughs) it's actually true. You know, like we, he's, (laughs) I talk to him every day and it's, it's things like that. Managing accounts, managing our bookkeeper, managing, you know, we have, um, like I said, we have all the different companies that we have to, to manage the tasks of. So it's uh it is a 16 to 18 hour day. I'm doing emails right until 10 o'clock at night, sometimes 11 o'clock at night. I think we went to bed at 11 last night. Yeah. And I was still doing emails, Mazzers. like laying in bed. <laughs> so, so uh, Sounds like you guys need help. <laughs> it's crazy. But I mean, but it sounds like it's all negative stuff, but I no. still love real estate. Mm-hmm. I still love it. And you know, we can, we can also do real estate in the Caribbean. So we're, we, we do the same thing when we're in Curacao right now, but we're sitting in the sun doing it instead of sitting here in Canada doing it. So mm-hmm. that's the lifestyle that we've chosen and I don't regret it at all. We just have to, you know, put the right teams in place now so that we can reach our goals for the next 12 months to be able to step back from the company a little bit. Yep. Gotcha. Sorry, Jamie, was there anything you wanted to add there? I didn't want to. No, I think that's, that's a great explanation. And yeah, I mean, I think our roles really changed from when we started because when we started, Leslie was more, um, you know, the paperwork side of things. And I was more like on the job site more often, you know, working on stuff where we've all had to come together and both of us do paperwork a lot now. And you know, yeah. if you don't like want to do paperwork, don't buy it's probably not the job for you. But I mean, it's always possible, I guess, to hire it all out. But yeah, mm-hmm. there is a lot of overseeing to do. Sure, yeah. definitely. Well, I think uh, I just want to maybe tie a bow on this episode here by by asking you guys what's what's really driving this for you. You know, you you obviously had a had an okay life before this. And now you've got this real estate investing business and you're continuing to grow it and do a lot more different things with it. What's what's driving it? I think we both, we, we have a lifestyle that we, we like and enjoy. And, you know, we do have a son. So our son bought his first sixplex using other people's money when he was 14 years old. Um, he's finishing up renovation or he's going to be working on the renovations now that we have the building permit and stuff. Um, you know, we don't, I don't want him to have to struggle down the road. Um, you know, my parents never gave me anything. Jamie's parents never gave him anything, but you know, our son says he wants to do the real estate. So we want to help him build the company is essentially what it boils down to. I mean, he has to work as butt off or we're not about to hand him anything, but, um, you know, we, we also are jet setters for sure. I mean, I think that's an understatement that we're jet setters. Like I could just live on the road 
all the time. And we want to be able to have the cash flow to just pick up and go wherever we want in the world and not have to worry about coming home or jobs or meetings or anything like that. Eh? Yeah, I think that's our big goal right now is to get people in places so that we can travel more and, you know, not have to rely on having cell service to be able to yeah. to make sure our job's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Well, I, I know given the amount of emails and everything that you're doing that uh, taking the time to come join me on this podcast is uh, is, is certainly a pleasure and, and I really appreciate you guys doing it. Um, I'm going to throw it over to you guys for contact information. If, if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about what you're doing and your, your companies and your investments, um, feel free to share with our audience and uh, just any final words you might have. So I'll send it to you and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, you can uh, look us up on Facebook at Collard Properties. Um, the Facebook page there. Also, we have uh, collardproperties.ca, our website. You can get on there. Um, and our email is info at collardproperties.ca. Um, you know, I do want to encourage people that, um, honestly, with, with hard work, real estate has just, it's changed our whole life where we are definitely, we never thought we'd be in the position we are now. And I still struggle to understand how we were living paycheck to paycheck five years ago. And now we're, we are literally multimillionaires from, from just putting in the work and um, you know, in just five years, we feel confident that if we were to sell all of our real estate, we'd live a very good life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, even though it's a lot of work, we do encourage people to, if you, if you have the goal and the the desire to build your company up, just start taking action. Awesome. Cool. Leslie and Jamie Collard here on the revenue with real estate podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, you guys. I I really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we, we, we really appreciate what uh, you brought to the table here with your knowledge and experience. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Revenue with Real Estate podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Just a couple of more things before you take off. If you want to learn more about Revenue, you can check us out at Revenue.com. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. On YouTube at Revenue with Real Estate, Facebook Revenue with Real Estate, or on Instagram at Revenue Canada. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, or anything that you want to share with us here at the show, please send us an email to info at revenue.com. Revenue with Real Estate, helping you understand the real risks and rewards of profitable real estate investing so that you can lead a life that you love. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to welcoming you to the Revenue with Real Estate community. 